had this most incredible moment this morning in prayer. Prayer for me always is finding the Lord. And I know, I know the Lord didn't get lost. It's me. I get lost. I get sweat, you know, moved about my emotions, how, how, how much sleep I had, how, how, was, how, was, you know, how, how well I'm eating or not eating. You know, there's things that affect the way you feel inside. Your soul is very attached to your body. My body is really allowed to tell my soul how I'm doing. And I've got to come and return my soul back to rest. And I've got to come back and submit to truth. And I've got to find out my heart come back into faith and get soft and I want my spirit to be united in, in experiential life and that's what prayer is and that's what, why the scripture is so, so powerful for me so I was reading and I uh, we're, we're here for the double portion the double, this has been the double portion week we're finishing Job uh, it, the, way we, the way it'll finish tomorrow uh, today we got to meet Leviathan which uh, I'm sure all of you have. You just may not have recognized him before. Uh, it's basically uh, the dragon. It's, it's Satan. He is the spirit that works. He's the ruler of and king of all sons of pride. And when Job is finally coming out of self-righteousness as his defense and self-justification as his focus and being brought down to... Uh, humility out of the self-asserting. So pride is not always, look at me, I'm so wonderful. Pride is just self-defense. Pride is trying to hold an argument because you know what you're being accused of isn't true. Pride is feeling responsible for something that you need to now uh, take ownership over. It, it has a real mixture. It's just any place where we feel like we need to do something for God to do something, but it's not faith that's doing that. It's that, that, that just onslaught of what's happening, like in the world today. It it brings it out. So Paul, he's now met Elihu, brings him to the conclusion that you are. That, how could you possibly justify yourself not God? How can you think that you know more than God? How can you be aware? Yeah, were you in creation? Have you been a part of creation? And then God steps in and he just says, hey, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Surely, you know, you've lived for a long time. And Job is just being brought down by God being lifted up. And I've learned that any time that my life is not working, it's because I'm too big and God's too small. And any time I want to get out of a, a bad place, I've got to make God a lot bigger and me a lot smaller. I've got to lift him up so that he is and over everything. God brings Job eventually from creation to the creatures, and then he brings him to face to face with, this, with the one thing God does. And he asks Job, if you can do this, then I'll say you're able to defend, you're able to create your own destiny. He said, can you humble a man? It's a funny thing. The only thing that the Bible really says that God's against is pride. In fact, Jesus made a big point about it. He says, I, God will. No matter where he finds it, who's carrying it, he will resist it. He resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So Job is being humbled through the resistance, and now he meets Leviathan, who is the king of all the sons of pride. And when he comes to face-to-face -to -face with God, and he now says, I've heard of you with my ears, but I see you with my eyes, and I, have, I abhor myself. I, I repent in dust and ashes. So there is a chance for him to have a new thought that he didn't hold in this trial. 
He was in a test. The test would have never, may, may never have ended unless he could come into a new thought. Repentance is always the door out of a test. It's not, you, we don't come out of any test with, you know, shining like, look how well I did. No, tests are to reveal how well you don't and can't and won't and never will do, but how wonderful and perfect Jesus Christ has done and resubmission to who he is and re releasing my, my part of trying to meddle up, you know, make things work. So he comes out of that, and God calls his friends, and he says, you haven't spoke correctly like my servant Job, and I want you to take an offering and have him pray for you, because I'll listen to his prayer. I'm not hearing what you're saying, and I don't want it. You're, you're about to end, enter into your own folly, because whatever we're saying is what we're going to be experiencing soon. So we watch our mouths because our mouths are rudders of our ship and they are the, the, what God asks us to be a, a, a pure stream of blessing. So they do. Job prays for them and he releases them and he forgives them and he blesses them and life and God accepts the prayer because he accepts Job and all of a sudden God restores double, returns the captivity the whole King James says. He turned his captivity, so now he came out of this season of captivity, now into a season of, of freedom and abundance and blessing, and Job receives double, a whole double, a double, 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 double everything but children. He got the same amount of children, but he got double all of his livestock, five different areas of, of, of life for four and they would just multiply twice you can read chapter one chapter 42 and you can see the numbers are exactly double and we are i woke up this morning and i've i've meditated on this i've read this many many times because i job i shared last week about 13 14 years ago god used it to silence my arguments my my uh, uh, distrust my questioning and just brought me down to like Let's just start. You're wrong. I'm right. Yes, sir. I don't answer to you. You answer to me. Yes, sir. I'm good. You're not. Yes, sir. I know what I'm doing. You don't know what you're doing. Yes, sir. And it just, it's just the greatest liberty. It's like when you were a kid and you got caught and finally got disciplined. And you just feel like, yes, sir. Rather than that arrogant, you know, I know what I'm doing. I'm just as smart as you are. I can do TikTok. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, sure you do. <laughs> well, you know, because you know, the discipline of the Lord brings a cleanness. The fear of the Lord brings a cleanness. And that freedom and cleanness is wonderful. Job's in it. When I um, woke up and I'm, I'm in prayer, because I thought there's so many places of double, you know, there's double blessings. There's double anoint, a double portion of the anointing Elijah got. There's double payment for your sins that the Israel had, the Jerusalem had to pay. There's double sins that Babylon's going to pay in Revelation. There's a double uh, a place of of uh, coming out of out of shame, coming into double honor. There's just, there's double mindedness which means we have two souls, which is not where you want to live because it's really conflicting, which is a lot of times the reason you're in a test is because you're in a conflict. The conflict is because you're in confliction. Because one day when we live under the word, like Jesus lived under the word, 
the Father will say, or Jesus will say, I want you to go across that, 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 that sea over here, and I want you to we'll go over to the other side, and while you're on your way, the devil will stir up, and he'll put a windstorm to kill you. But because you know the Father said you're going the other side, rather than fight the devil, you just take a nap. There's a lot of authority that comes when you're submitted. There's little authority when there's no submission. Because the centurion recognized to Jesus, I too am a man under authority. I say to this one go, and this one come, and this, and they do it. So I don't need you to come, I just need you to speak the word. And Jesus said, this is the greatest faith I've seen. So there's, there's this whole training. We're being trained. We're being trained. You had a boat filled of experienced fishermen who saw the windstorm, which was a real windstorm created by a real devil. As we saw in Job, he has that. He can meddle in that stuff. But it's not always him. That's why you never know. Is an earthquake an act of God, judgment of God? Yes, it can be. Was it an act of the devil? Yes, it can be. Was it just too much pressure in the seismic flakes and the earth was groaning and it released a burst? Yes, it can be. That's why it's always reserved, not the reason for it, just to respond to the, the, the pain of it and, and let God come. So uh, all of a sudden, uh, there I went off too many tangents on that one. So I'm... No, no, yeah, the water and getting under the word and being submitted so that you're not having to prove or promote or, or be responsible. So these 12 fishermen, or the, these six or four of them are, they wake up Jesus in the same storm. He's sleeping. I can't even imagine. How do you sleep in a storm like that? But he was tired. His body was tired. He'd been through a lot. Now he was taking a rest, and he, had, he was inside under the word, so he knew where he was going to end up. He could sleep. And he's in a, what we often refer to as a gift of faith. It's just, just rest. And they wake him up and they say, don't you care? This is always an indication that we are really in a bad position of belief. We, you know, don't you care we're going to perish? Do something. So he has to then get up, rebuke the storm for their sake, and then say, where's your faith? So that's those journeys. I'm in conflict. I go into a set of circumstances, and I don't think God's around. I don't think he loves me. I don't think he, what he said yesterday is still true. I go, I go warring against the environment and try to change the atmosphere and try to get everything to go back to the way it felt like when it inherited. That's, that's sight. That's using faith to change sight. But the just shall not live by sight. We live by faith. So we live in a place that we start to rest in sight. So this morning, I'm waking up, and I'm in prayer. And I saw as clear as anything. And I believe this is what God wants to do. He said, when God, when God met Job, he had to humble Job by first who he was and where he sat in the rank of, of the order of the earth. And he was under Leviathan. All men are made of pride. All men carry pride. All men carry the capacity to not do good and seek their own and he was just one of them even though he might have been a cut above everyone he still was had that portion just like Peter had that portion so when Jesus is about to go to the cross he has to go back to Peter and say Simon you the man Satan is demanded to sift you because he's a king of pride and where pride is he will have access to so they go through that 
But the Lord said to me, and I, and I know this to be true, and I think if we could accept this today, we could step into some massive blessings. Today, to God, for God to humble us, he does not point out the devil. He points out the Lord Jesus. The one man, the son of man, God the Son who became son of man, who humbled himself, left everything behind, and totally conquered Leviathan through one act of continual submission to God and his word. He did not conquer the devil by anything other than it is written. And when he became the sin and became the wrath of God that fell on him, and when uh, the judgment of the sin and when the, uh, the curse of the law and when the condemnation of, of, all of all of humanity's sin was placed upon him, he said in Gethsemane, and then he demonstrated in, in his silence before his accusers, and then in his submission to the Father, it's your will be done. I'm here to do your will, and your will is for me to submit to you. My will is to submit to your will. Now, that's the journey of every one of us in this room, online, every one of us. Now that we've accepted Jesus Christ, we're to submit to what God's testimony is of his son. It behooves us to know what God the Father says of his son because he is the only salvation there is in the earth. We are not going to be graded better as Christians than Muslims or Buddhists or and, you know, atheists or environmentalists just because none of us are righteous in our actions. Does that make sense? And yet we can think that we're, we're, in the, we're in the culture of the real belief, but everybody thinks that way in whatever place they're, they're in. But this one, uh, one place, let me just, Galatians 2.20, very familiar scripture. I found, I found myself journeying, uh, bringing all of me Again, I do it every, and sometimes I'm more effective, but I brought all of me into Christ, all of him, into all of me, into all of Jesus. Go verse to verse 19. We'll start with there. Um, verse, yeah, for I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. So we are not made righteous by the law. We have no standing be, before God through the law. And in Galatians chapter 3, Paul's going to have to enlarge and say, listen, to be honest with you, if you are justified by the law, you're really in a bad place because if you, if you say the law will be my justification, you're, then you're responsible to keep all of the law, and cursed is he who does not do all of the law. And we've already proven for 4,000 years, or at that time, 2,000 years, that Israel did not keep the law, and they lived under that curse that the law was to bring sin forward, to make sin exceedingly sinful, to make all men require of a savior. So now we are dead to the law. I have been crucified with Christ. This is not fanciful theology. This is reality. When, when Christ was crucified, I was crucified. This is a, this with Christ, so a joint union. When Christ was crucified, I was crucified because he was crucified for me. He, there's not like he crucified for a, a body of sin or sin. It was for all sin, all people, all events, everything that's happened to us, everything that we've caused, everything that's been done against us, 
everything that we've done in the past, what we did today, what we'll do tomorrow, where we miss the mark, we sin, we fall short of the glory of God, we miss the mark, we choose our own way, we're afraid, so we try to control, we want to retaliate, we, you know, we, all of that. He said he was crucified, and because cursed is he who hangs on the tree, and we're crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. And this is the word zao, which is the breathe, the life, the life that we are carrying out in this earth. It's not the zoe, and it's not the suke. It's just that kind of life process. But Christ lives in me. So now, I'm no longer living, but Christ is living in me. Now, that can, that can sound like, oh, man, how am I ever going to work that out? It's not doing it. It's receiving it. It's just accepting it. It's, it's allowing truth to be the answer wherever it would apply itself. And in this case, it applies it's the truth that I am, Christ's life is in me, is everywhere. It, it applies to everything, to marriage, to work, to children, to economy, everything. And the life which I now live in the flesh, which is the, where we are living, I live by faith or in the faith of the Son of God. When, it, it, this is really helping, helped me because Christianity for me after learning the ways of God in the scriptures became a practice of beliefs that I wanted to, to be good at and, and observe and honor instead of the following of a man and submission to what God accomplished in one man. He did not accomplish it in any of us. But our submission to what he accomplished in the Son will cause all that he accomplished in the Son to come to us. So I don't have to go to the cross again. He went for me. I don't have to uh, find a way to be healed. He has been healed. He has been delivered. So I don't even have to have faith. I have his faith. I have his faith. He was the first man. It's not Abraham's faith anymore. He's the father of faith. He's the first one to begin to say, I'll accept what you say as truth and your ability to perform it, and I won't concern myself with the issues around me, and I'm going to just obey you and listen and live. But that mature. David was another one who took faith to another, a whole other realm of, you. I'm going to live in your temple that you won't let me build so I'm going to go and be with you in the spirit and love you I'm going to worship you and 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 dwell in your temple all the days of my life living by faith not by sight but when Jesus came to whom all the promises were made not one promise all the promise of the Bible is made to Jesus all the Bible is fulfilled in Jesus everything is brought to uh, completion in Jesus but now he, live, he is living submitted. It's like, it's like when he, you know, nothing, matter becomes nothing when it's in your hands. And why he could say to his apostles, what are you guys afraid of? It's just water and wind. God said, we're going to the other side. What does it matter if it's water and wind? If you get a little wet, you can't die because you're in, under the word of God that says we're going to the other side. So we're not going to the middle of the lake and dying. We're going across the lake to the next assignment. And that's the power the word held for him. So he is in submission. And when he's in Gethsemane, 
And it just, just recently just came alive to me because of this, thank God, these little, you know, uh, concordance apps that you, I have, that I've got one that I've used for many, many years. So if I get a, drawn to a word, I'll, I'll click what the word is. And um, it just lets me, oh, so there's that scripture in Gethsemane where he's going in, in, with strong, uh, let's find it. No, did I finish this? No, no, I didn't. So it says that, that in the days of his flesh, he was heard with cries and tears, and, and, and he was heard because of his godly fear. And he was crying out to him who was able to save him from death and was heard. And that all of this was learning obedience under and through and off of the things he was going through. So this is the, the picture. The, the apex of his life is in the Gethsemane. Father, if there's any way this cup can go by, if there's anything we can do other than what you want done, but I only want what you want done. So nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. And three hours it took him, and his soul was the one that had to come back into submission. His soul had to come. His soul was in agony. His soul was in depression. His soul was, soul was suicidal. And he had to keep returning his soul and saying, I, I, I don't want to drink this, but if it can't pass unless I drink it, then it's your will, and your will be done. So he, he, he's crying out. He, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, it's telling us what's going on, and it's telling us that what's coming out of it is this total submission, which isn't, isn't like you know, dom someone dominating. It's just someone living under another statement, another person's words. Your words are truth, not mine. What you say, I will do. Who you say I am, I will accept. What you say you've accomplished, I will receive. I'm not going to compete with it, and I will not annul what, is, what you have said by what I'm going through. I will say to what I'm going through, that's real, but you submit to what God said over me, because words over me are what's giving me my life and identity. And Jesus, the Word, was doing that. From the day he, it, the first time he woke up to going, you know what, I really think, I just got a revelation, I'm the son of God. I just got a revelation, I am the Messiah spoken of to be crucified. I just got a revelation that God is my father, I mean really my father, like, like forever my father. And I got a revelation that I am, I am sinless in my obedience and I'm just going to be made to be a perfect sacrifice for all of sin. I'm going to be the lamb without blemish. And he just starts growing in that and he's accepting that and he's growing the word. And when he's, when he's in conflict, it's the word he brings out. He never says, hey, I'm the son of God. Shut up and get away from me. I had a baptismal experience you've never had. It's just, it's written. It's written. And so he he understood that inside, under the word of God, there was complete safety and security and, and obedience. And so he's now saying, Father, I want your will to be done. And if I can't come out of this, by, except I got to drink this, then I, that your will be done. Because I believe, and this is the faith of the Son of God that is your faith and my faith. We have this faith. I believe you're able to save me out of death. The Bible says forward from death, but it is not from as though keep me away from that. It's out of it. I'm going to go, okay, it's becoming obvious. I'm not getting out of this. I'm not, I'm not avoiding this, but I'm going to come out of it. That's the faith of Jesus Christ.
And that's the faith resident in every one of us in this room. I don't care what life is thrown at you, what, what has happened, what we messed up, that faith, that dominating faith that says, my God will bring about the right end and right conclusion that he wills to be done, no matter even in the face of death and submission to death. And it's the power and the essence of the resurrection from the dead. So when Jesus Think about this. See, everything, Jesus became us so that we can now come into identification with him in submission to him and receive everything that God did for him in the resurrection. Jesus became sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God. So now how in the world does someone who becomes sin now become Jesus Christ the righteous? Except he believed. His faith was imputed to him as a man, as righteousness. When he said, I will submit into my hands, I commit my spirit. I, I will. Father said, that's faith. That's faith. That's faith beyond Abraham, faith beyond David. That's the faith I was looking for in Adam. Faith. That this is the faith that will, will save humanity to trust me to the point of death, even the death of the cross, to humble oneself under the mighty hand of God. See, this, the, 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 the flesh is frightened, and I want to control things so I don't get into place of fear. But God's saying, I want you in the place of fear because I want to show you that I conquered the man who carries the fear. I took the devil, and I put him up down, and he no longer has the authority to put you in bondage through your fear. Now, I, we have two plans. We can have the everything's perfect world, so you don't have to be afraid. Or let's just you take that, like Cammy said, let that love of God and the cross of Christ take the fear and either drive it out by love or crucify it and say, so what? I'm not going to be afraid. Even if I die, I'm not going to love my life. I'm not going to protect. I'm not going to save myself. So this Jesus, he walked this. And when he, when he came forth, he was made righteous. He became, he was delivered up by our offenses, Romans 4. And he was raised because of our justification. I mean, this is not symbolic. This is really real. There's not one thing we're going through, not one sickness, one disease, one broken relationship, one horrific event that we are feeling like, where's God? See, that's how the question is, where's God? Well, he's always where he is. He's at his throne. And I saw today, that I've had multiple times, and then when there's conflict and pressure, I don't feel or sense or become as rested in, but I'm in Christ, the totality of life. And like Job, maybe I've tried to be a better person than I was when I got saved, but that didn't make me in any way accepted. I'm only accepted in the Beloved. And I'm saved in the beloved, and I'm healed in the beloved, and I'm delivered in the beloved, and my future's in the beloved. And, and, and I saw the double portion. It's Jesus. He's the Elijah who, who, who walked out of the John the Baptist ministry of the law and calling men to repentance. He's the one who died in our place so that now he's raised in our place, and he is, ex he is now a life-giving spirit, and his faith is my faith. His healing is my healing. His deliverance is my deliverance. His joy is my joy. His peace is my peace. And there's no limitation except my acceptance. And that's where the pride comes in. 
the pride comes in that, well, that fear, trigger a fear reaction that creates, a, I gotta protect something, so I gotta get responding, and now the next thing you know, I'm engaged, and now I'm thinking uh, that should not, that's not really fear, that's really just being responsible. Or those great moments of devotion when all of a sudden God said, hey, will you sell the farm for me? Oh, yes, I will, Jesus. You can have it all. And then five you know, years later and you're bankrupt and have nothing. And you're going, what happened? Who, who made this not work? As though God was going to supposed to applaud us. He, he's, not, he's not coaching us into salvation. He's not giving us self-esteem lessons to be saved. He's taking us to a cross. He says, that's where we met. And when we met there, you died. Now that you're dead, it's my life in you. And the life you're living in the flesh, you're living by my faith. You're living by my faith. The faith that's inside the Son of God. You're inside of me, I have faith. You're inside of my faith. You come to God through me. I am over you. When, you, when I, I appear in the face of my Father as high priest, I am appearing over you. When you come to God through me, I am saving you to the uttermost because my, my prayers of intercession are over you. The only thing we ever jointly experience is the receiving that's with Jesus. So it says he loved us and gave himself for us. He loved us and gave himself for us. The, my humility, because I've met Leviathan, not in any personal way, but in some moves of demonic struggles that left me, as he said in chapter 41, you ever fight with him, you'll never do it again. This is pride. You'll lose every time. He's the king of pride, and he'll get your pride. He'll get your goat. He'll get your self-righteousness and drag you into a conversation. You, if, you, if Jesus, the Son of God, righteous in all ways, would not answer the devil, but say simply, it is written, how much more should we the mortals that are learning to live in immortality, flesh creatures that are learning to live as spirits in agreement with the Spirit, one spirit with Jesus Christ, one accent. Oh, it's like, of course, of course it's difficult. Of course it's difficult to, to, to recenter and to return. I'll close with this verse. It's Hosea chapter 12. So when I, when I came one day, I was in massive prayer over mass, many things that were all pressing against my life, wanting to see how God, you know, help God navigate them, get them to the other side, stressed out, overwhelmed. Oh, no, not another problem. Oh, no, not another situation. Oh, no, here we go again. Oh, no, what do I do now? Oh, no, I just found this out. And, one, and in a moment, it dawned on me, the kindest thing I've ever, one of the kindest moments, like a Jesus moment. I said, you know, Lord Jesus, unless you decide to change this, it'll always be the same. And I thought, wow, I've never submitted like that before. 
I've never thought any bad thing was for, that Jesus had any anything involved in it. I thought it was all everything bad is the devil and everything good is God. And so I was a Job friend. You know, I didn't understand the complexity of of the transition of taking us out of darkness into light. And when the darkness is in me, he has no choice but to to allow that to be stirred up so that he can I can come alive. But anyway, make long story short. I just said, I fell to my knees. I said, Lord Jesus, I, I accept you as my shepherd, my Lord, my king, and you are in charge of my life. And you are, I am to follow you completely, and I have no say about the outcome, and however it's leading me, I'm, I, I, I acknowledge it. Right now, you can, only you. You can do everything. You can do everything, because it's been granted you to have this authority. And so, I'm not going to now fight to get out of something, I'm going to fight to find you. I'm going to fight to submit to you. I'm going to just, I'm just, and then all of a sudden it came to me. True humility for me was absolute submission to the supremacy of Jesus Christ. To, to submit to his supremacy. Listen, he's still sleeping in your boat. And we wake him up far too much. When sometimes the more you mature, it's like you start to go, well, you know, I'm not going to get involved in that. I just know what the outcome is. Devil loses. Jesus is the Lord. I'm going to come through. And while I'm at it, I'm going to praise you. And I'm going to give you some thanks. And then when I start to panic, I know I need to return to you. Yes, it's okay to shake him and ask him, don't you care about me? As though, what is he going to say? You know, when you, when you realize it, Yes, I do. Actually, I kind of care a lot. I went to the cross, and I became sin, and I bore your sickness and your diseases, and, and went under all that oppression. and all. Yeah, I care a lot about you. But the problem is I can't get out of agreement with what I did in submission to the Father for you. Nor will I disagree with what the Father did in me in obedience to him in the resurrection. Nor will I disagree that in me... You are inside of that resurrection, inside of that life, inside of that joy, inside of that victory. And I will not deny who I am if you can't accept who I am. I will not come out of agreement with my papa for what he accomplished just so I can agree with your unbelief. And I mean, when I started seeing that, I go, wow, gosh, thank you. This is a lesson of submission. I got to submit to what the testimony of God the Father has of his son. In the son is eternal life. He who has a son has eternal life. Without the son, there is no life. I have to accept that everything was now accomplished. And, oh, the freedom it gives. The, the release of the pressure. We're not everybody's police. We're not running around trying to sort everybody's stuff. We're not, you know, we're, you know, as they said of Job. Job, what might have been the door opener besides the father saying, you know, we're going to sovereignly deal with some issues that Job doesn't see, and I, I'm kind of like, to, you're the king of pride, so I think you're the one to do it. But what he was offering sacrifices for his kids because he was afraid that his kids, when they went to have parties, might forget the God that was blessing everything and may say something bad out of their mouth. And so he was doing a sacrifice without faith. Now, I don't know about you as a parent, but I remember my kids all growing up. 
I've sacrificed a whole lot. Try to avoid them meeting God's wrath or destruction or disciplines. It's what parents do. But there comes a point for every parent, you have to say, you know what, I am not here to save you. Now, can I save you? And frankly, I'm mad at you because I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to save you. And I would have been okay with $100,000. I've you know, refinanced my home five times. I'd be okay if at least the money I spent turned you into a decent Christian. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, but, so, but now, isn't that awful to come to realization? But when I did, I got free. I have to forgive my kids that they didn't do what I wanted when I rescued them. Oh, I was in control. Oh, I got to be up. I got to forgive them. They don't need to. I don't say, I, I, who am I to know what they're supposed to do to get to where they're supposed to be to become who they're called to be? So it was like, you're like, you know, you're going, gosh, if I'd have known that, I wouldn't have spent any of the money. I'd have just trusted God right off the bat. You're going to have to make it on your own. I know, I know you're in kindergarten, but it's, it's, you know, it's yours to find God. <laughs> you know, but it's that, those are those moments you recognize. I've done things that are more out of me, for me, to protect what I feel should be. And then you go, oh, there you are. There I am. So that came up. True humility is submitting to God, to Jesus Christ's supremacy, accepting the testimony of the Lord returning back to him. So today when I saw the Lord and he's seated at the Father's right hand, he's our high priest and he's absolutely glorified in the fullest extent. He's Messiah, King, Deliverer, Savior. He has received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit which he poured out. He's waiting for his enemies to be made a footstool, but while he sits in a weight of expectancy as a rod of strength out of Zion, who he rules in the midst of his enemies, he's in total righteous dominion. And I saw him there, and I knew this is where I am, and that all of the details, and I've got details. I'm trying to do my taxes. That's enough details to put me into a spin. You know, just all the little things, and I'm just gone. It's all in you. It's all in you. I have to submit. How can I fear when I have to return, when I'm afraid I have to return to, to trust? And, and it was like, you could feel this. The double portion is Jesus. He's everything. Whatever we are facing, whatever we have no answer for, whatever we don't know what's going to happen, he is the answer. He is the means. He is the, the purpose. And he has the fullness, and I just felt the Lord said, yeah, when I had to bring Job to his knees, I only could bring him to the, my sovereignty and majesty that's intangible, and also to the devil who he can't come out from under, and then he had a chance to repent. Now, we're like in Revelation 12. We don't have to be come into humility under our oppressor. Hallelujah. We don't have to learn to serve the one who conquered us. You know, we, we, we're not under his oppression, but we have to submit and serve the one who conquered us, the one who conquered death for us, who conquered sickness for us, who conquered pride and arrogance and self-dependence and all of that independence. 
And when we do, all that the Father accomplished. So you have Jesus on the cross did nothing except submit. You say, Jesus did something. No, he didn't. He submitted. The Father did something. The Father, the judge, put sin on him. The Father, the judge, put the curse on him. The Father, the judge, put the judgment on him. The Father, the judge, took and eradicated sin by killing his son and putting him into the abyss of darkness. Then the Father, satisfied as the judge of the earth, the judge of creation, said, this now has an old sin, atoned for sin, and now I look upon this and I say, son, I'm today your father. Come out. Come forth. And he, a life-giving spirit, a new creation, the firstborn. And now he's heaven. Now he's seated at the right hand. Now he's making intercession. Now he's over us. And and that's the level of submission to his new position. Does that make sense? Because he went so low, God now is giving him a name that's above every name, that every, uh, the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. So whatever I'm in, I've got to bow to the name of Jesus in it. I've got to worship Jesus. I've got to repent and ask Jesus, why am I frightened? Why am I angry? Why am I contending? Why is the sacrifice of the cross not sufficient? Why do I need justification? Why does somebody need to see me? Why do I have to have more money? We have all these needs that they're all satisfied in him. But when I get separated in my conscience and my soul and my fear, my angst, then, I, then I, I'm trying to wake him up. Like, don't you see? We're drowning. And he goes, no, actually, we're not. You're not drowning. You're in me. I'm a conqueror. I'm a redeemer. I'm a redeliverer. And that's... Now we're humbled by seeing Jesus. We're humbled beholding the one and only salvation given to creation for all time, forever. No matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, it was done once and for all, forever. And he's our high priest. He's actively engaged in intercepting us in our confusion and darkness and pulling us face to face and say, Steve, look at me. Oh, there's the glory of God. There's salvation. There's joy. There's peace. Steve, you're in me. Oh, I'm experiencing who you are. And it's just, that is the maturity of the church. I'm convinced. This is my maturity. Trying to be, trying to submit to. Which is cool, because all I don't have to carry any of it. I just submit to every. So we'll just stand. You've been so sweet. But I see them. I see him. I see him. I see him. And like John the, Bap, John the Beloved on the Isle of Patmos, when I see him, I fall down dead. I am, I am just terrified in the godly sense, the godly fear of this one whose eyes are like fire and his face like radiant sun in its fullest strength, its white garments, his, oh, Lord Jesus, this is a beloved body and beloved journeyers. Most everyone in this room, whether young or old, have been called out of a crowd and called to follow. And our following, as like it did for the disciples, has required us leaving everything. And maybe if and not maybe for every one of us, we have to question at one point, did I make a mistake? Is there a reason I'm in this turmoil? 
instead of just saying, I want to follow you more. I want to know you more. Would you, Lord, as you did for me this morning, by the Spirit of God, reveal the, the position in which you are, who you are, where you are, who you are for me and each of us. We're not, this is not a willful choice. This is a submission choice. We submit to the testimony that God the Father has concerning his Son. That in the Son is eternal life. Without the Son, there is no life. He who has the Son has life. We submit that in Christ Jesus is all healing, all salvation, all deliverance, all purpose and inheritance. We submit. We submit to the Son. We come and return to you, Jesus. We enter in. Just do it. It's just accepting. It's not doing, it's accepting. Just, I'm accepting these truths. That's faith. I accept the truth. My faith now is that I've accepted and received it. I'm going to step into it. We're depression. There are places in our lives that, 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 are, that are evil taskmaster has by evil events created a stronghold of our soul where we find ourselves in hopelessness and despair and fear. And we, we try to conquer it from within and yet it needs to be surrendered itself to the one who conquers. You are the one. Just that, like Diana said earlier, hand over the fragmentation. I heard when she said fragmented faith, I heard our faith is fragmented because our faith is from us and not from him. Unfragmented full faith in Jesus is Jesus' faith. As we're singing, just take any part of life right now that is occupying your mind, your emotions, your thoughts, interrupts your sleep, and return to Jesus with it. And acknowledge that he has total dominion over that. Total lordship, and will bring about a total perfect end. And we will trust him completely in the midst of it. And let him just take possession. And watch as he possesses, the, f the pressure falls off, fear moves away, the responsibility lifts, and joy returns, and peace, and hope, and healing.
Father, I pray that by the Spirit of the Lord, the truth of our King Jesus will be a focal point of meditation and experience, both in scriptures, in prayer, meditation, and that in this time of surrender, repentance will be generous toward us. New thoughts that have not been allowed in our mind will be welcomed and received and you will begin to take preeminence in every area of life and we will find our place in the rest of the Lord and we will come into the rest that you have promised those to journey with Jesus grace blessing prosperity health healing deliverance salvation all of the blessed place that Jesus himself occupies for us on our behalf, intercession, bringing it into our experience, salvation to the uttermost, beyond anything that we've ever encountered, we receive it all. Beyond what we can imagine, beyond what we can ask, or beyond what we can think, so that Father God, you will be glorified in your church, in Christ Jesus, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.